Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. So this week on KookCast, Coach Ev and I are talking three key aspects of a controlled finish. This episode was inspired by a question we received through our membership site, and we answered it in depth and in video format, along with a few clips of our own dismounts slash kickouts of ourselves and our students. So go log in and check it out on the site. It's thesurfcontinuum.com, and it's the latest upload. But before we get into our subject matter, Coach Ev asked me about a recent windswell we had here on the East Coast, and, well, as usual, I get all riled up and carried away telling him about it. It was probably some of the best and most challenging surf of the year so far. All right, we're just coming off a, a member video, but we're also what I also want to hear about is your, um, your couple days of solid surf. Oh, my jealous. gosh. It's, you know, it's just, you can't... You just can't underestimate any windswell on the East Coast. You know, like they all have potential to be some of the best waves of the year. It's so funny to me and every, it's just gonna take a couple more, I guess, but every windswell that turns out to be as good as this one is just like, wow. Cause I mean, there's a couple of things I'm thinking. You're not really anticipating it as much, you know? Like you kind of write it off, you see like, especially if you're looking on the wind maps, you're seeing this little congested low pressure or consolidated com compact little low pressure system. It's small, you know, it's not that big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like ripping, shooting south winds as it passes by the island. But like, it just goes to show like those giant hurricanes we have and we're hoping they tr track through this narrow slot between Bermuda and the East Coast and oh, it just missed and it's not as big as it should be. It's like there's so many variables for the hurricanes to get it just right. Whereas we get all the time these little compact low pressures that just brush us, shoot south wind at us for a little while, and, and we get this, you know, 10 feet at 10 second swell. And to go hand in hand with how, how well and often that works for us is our bathymetry is so shallow and slowly sloping out to sea that you know, like the long interval hurricane swells kind of drag ass on the bottom on their way to our shores. So all that six feet at 16 seconds is wasted on us. It's like it loses half of it on the outside bars, like, and I mean way outside, not just like outer sandbars, but like 60, 70 miles out to sea, that, that wave is losing energy, you know? And by the time it gets here, it's this spilling. Even in, in Fiona, when we had those ripping offshore winds, it still couldn't stand up and become like a full-blown tube. It was just too long interval, dragged ass for too long, and then we get this 10 foot at 10 seconds at the peak of the swell, uh, south wind swell, 
and it's the most treacherous, like some of the scariest surf I've had all year on some of like the outer sandbars, you know? Yeah. Full impact, and, and the reason I'm saying it's like scarier is because those 10 seconds, you know, you guys are gonna have to go educate yourself or find another episode when we maybe do one on how to understand the relationship of interval and bathymetry, but the interval of a swell is directly related to how deep its energy goes and when it starts feeling the bottom and when the bottom of the ocean starts mapping and redirecting swell. So if it's a if it's a shallow energy at 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8 seconds, it's literally a mathematical equation. The shallower the energy, the longer it takes before it, it, it reaches our shores closer before it has any interaction with the bottom. And so it acts as almost our version of a ledge. You know, our version and this shallow bathymetry is the wave has to be really short interval. And it misses so much of that shallow water that otherwise kills the long interval swell, hits and just, oh my gosh, and it's offshore wind, goes gangbusters. It's like mental. And the, so anyway. and the waves are kind of on top of each other, like one after yes. another after another. Yes, that's the other thing. It doesn't have that long interval sets and lulls and sets and lulls, you know, kind of. It's pretty on from morning to night, you know, like there is no, like, is the swell arriving? Is it just a lull? Like, what's going on? It is on. You see it and you're like, your head's spinning. You're thinking, where the hell am I paddling out? Um, it's, it's just such an interesting dynamic place to be a surfer out here, you know? So anyway, I, you know, like, again, I, I just like these swells cause they keep you kind of like low expectations, but quite often when the wind goes offshore and the swell looks like that, it turns out to be a pretty epic day somewhere. And, uh, we, I was running all over the place always in these cases, not always, but a lot of the time I'm looking for beach break because the same reason in a more local version. Shallow, you know, I mean, shallow late, like close to the shore, shallow, otherwise deep. So short interval swell misses all those outer bars and full impact, full energy is like stored up and, and unleashing just right there on the shoreline rather than further out to sea. So chasing sandbars, looking for sandbars, getting some really great ones. Also had you know, not expecting it to be as big as it was, so had a fully stacked schedule. So I'm like on my phone trying to tell students like, it's gonna have to be later. The waves are pumping over here, I'm going over here. But this student's a really great surfer, has been working with me all year. So I'm like jumping back and forth between like, is it doable here? Oh my God, no way, I gotta go back and surf over here for me, you know? Like just this like scatterbrain feeling, you know? It, it was, there were moments where it was like, could go one way or the other and, um, but you know, I managed to do pretty good. I basically, I didn't get out of my wetsuit all day on Friday and same thing on Saturday. I just was, Come I was on. driving around in my wetsuit. When have you ever seen me do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't afford to like waste time checking this spot, going back over here, putting my wetsuit back on if it's firing and I wanna surf. Like, so I just peeled it down halfway, threw the Mexi blanket down on my seat. You know, I just hop in the car show up like, oh my God, it's pumping. Text this person like, we're, we're off, we can't do it. I'm jumping out there, then I'm coming back in to check for the next session, see what happens. <laughs> it's just so funny. Too but ended good. up, end of the day, have, you know, in my wetsuit all day, haven't been, haven't done that since I was 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and just getting some really great waves at, at the beach break, some of the outer bars. 
um, really consistent, like you said, just like wave after wave. Every time you're coming over the top of a wave, you're looking at the next one like, is that the one? Is that my wave of the day? Is that gonna be the one that spits me out of a tube or the one that just annihilates me and cleans me up? Um, I had a couple of those, oh my gosh, on the outer bar where, have you know that spot where like when you're paddling out, it's just all that water gets like funneled into this one bar and I was paddling out and I couldn't get to the white water. Like I was in the lagoon part, you know, the deep water where the waves don't break yeah. before you actually get to the lineup and I'm paddling out and I can't even get to the white water. Like I'm taking my time, chilling, thinking, you know, it's going to be a long paddle. But after 10 minutes, I'm like, hmm, I just keep seeing every wave go from white water to feathering out and reforming. I'm literally, I sit up and turn back and look around. I'm still, you know, 50 yards off the beach in the same spot. I'm like, oh my God, okay, you know, can't help myself, gotta try like, I'm just gonna paddle with all my might for a minute or two and see if I can bust through that. That doesn't work, of course, I know better. So I start zigging and zagging, I paddle over here and kinda just like keep a low pace, paddle out, no, over here. Next thing I know, I'm wearing like head high waves on the head so I know I'm starting to get sucked out. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't even paddle out, I just eventually found a little stream of water going out to sea and it just like pulled me out, couldn't even tell. I'm just doing the same thing, just like paddling one after the other, willing to do one more forever, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the next thing I know, I'm looking at this wave, I'm like, oh my God, I better duck dive this one for real, because it was like 15 minutes of just like pressing up, literally like the bitter end of a whitewater that just reforming into a full wave again. And then suddenly a wave is like about to unleash and I'm in this mindset of like, la-di-da, you know, like just trying to make it out. And I'm about to get clobbered by like a top to bottom head high wave. Um, so epic. Then I, got, then I got cleaned up outside and I knew this was gonna happen. I duck dive and I'm like, if I don't make it through this one well, I'm gonna get pushed in past that point where like now I'm weighing and it was a full redo. Like <laughs> I was all the way back 50 yards off the beach, had to do the full thing over, getting stuck, paddling, trying to paddle, 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 paddle. Finally get sucked back out again. Uh, it was unbelievable though, because there were some really great waves had. Um, it was big enough where some of the guys were taking out skis. Felt really proud of myself for being one of the few guys that paddled out, you know, and just like stayed, stayed the course. And they all, I'm not like that much better of a paddler or worse, I'm probably than some of them. But it's like, it's not always about how good of a paddle you are. It's just like your heart and your just willingness to just keep going and keep trying. And I, definitely from you, I get a little of that pride to just like when those guys are towing in down the beach at La Mission and you're out there paddling around by yourself on an eight footer. It's just like it really admirable. So I wanted to cap, I always love to capture that in my sessions. And when they're on the ski, I'm like, let's see if I can do this paddle, you know, and like be out there and paddle. And it's just such a point of pride for me. Yeah, it's your opportunity to like, you know, step up, step up your, your ability to stay calm and stay patient and, and, you know, get your fitness up to that level. We just don't have that many days where you're really, you know, swimming around and paddling away around in, in serious conditions and you got to make the most out of it. And, uh, I know it'll serve you you know, definitely in sessions to come. And once you make it back out to the West Coast and we get to uh, tackle some bombs together, but super proud to hear it, coach, and, and super stoked to hear a little breakdown of, of how those 
couple days went because I was frothing watching you score some some bombs. It's been really small. We had a roll reversal where it was tiny here and bombing on the East Coast. So I'm <laughs> super stoked for you. Every once in a while it happens. Um, so yeah, this episode is inspiration from our member video. We had a member question come through about kickouts, types of kickouts, boards, etc. And we just we looked at a couple of dismounts and controlled finishes uh, of ourselves and our students and just you know talked for 20 minutes about that. So please get over to the site and go check it out. It's good stuff. It's it's like thorough, it's deep, it's like college classroom, you know, like just let the teacher lecture and talk and if you don't like that topic you're gonna hate this but if you like surfing and you're trying to learn how to surf this is just like 20 minutes of non-stop good information of talking to surfers who care about this thing who care about their students getting better so i think uh i think there's some people out there who really find value in uh, our membership program right on yeah let's launch into it when when i think of kickouts and dismounts i just think of timing being everything you know mm. what there's so many different styles of kickouts but really what it comes down to is learning how to recognize that okay this is a section to kick out or this is a section to like i'm too late and i'm at the point of no return and i gotta straighten out and and it's all about timing here folks yeah that's a good that's a good point basically we always do this, but I'm going to do it again, <laughs> feeling suddenly a little self-conscious, but it's really so much like driving. Like you're evaluating the 10 feet of road in front of you. You're also evaluating the next 10 feet and the next 10 feet and the car and the next car in front of you all at the same time. You know, and those are in surfing sections. You know, you're looking at the section you're on, the next section, and then a section after that, and you're just constantly anticipating what you're gonna have to do. And as long as that wave is tapered off and looking nice, you just keep on surfing. But at some point, the wave's gonna be looking like a closeout. It's gonna start setting up evenly across, or, or the right or the left is gonna come back at your direction in the opposite direction you're going. And that's the time for you to start thinking about what you're gonna do. And preferably, you'd like to get over the lip, get over that, that wave over the top so you're setting yourself up to paddle back out off the back of that wave. But as Coach Ev said, sometimes you miss that opportunity and you need to straighten out. But it's all about identifying that timing and seeing it in advance, you know, like, seeing the car three ahead of you stopping and knowing that eventually you're gonna have to stop because that's gonna stop the next car and the next car and then you. So when you see that far down the line, when you see that far down the road, it makes your job so much calmer and easier to make decisions without feeling uh, like you're put in this position to like suddenly decide what to do, you know? And, and we all know we make better decisions when we have time. And another instance referring back to one of the videos that we break down in the membership site is is the instance where you're kind of, your wave's kind of running out of steam and running out of juice and you need, to, you need to make the decision to kick out. And that's the difference between your coaches and, and a really you know, beginner is a lot of the times they just wait too long and they start mm. slowing down. And then when they try to find the tail or do any of these things, they're running out of speed and they're running out of stability on their board. So they get off balance and they end up hopping off the side or going down in a really awkward way. Whereas we identify, okay, I have no more, I have no more space left to go. And I do have a tiny bit of speed. So let me put this thing on rail and really use the rest of that momentum and 
that's kind of the only way to get a bigger board to actually turn and start and end pointing out towards the horizon so that you can get right back into your paddling and and save some of that momentum that you built it's just recognizing again okay now's the time to do it and set it and forget it mm, that's that's a really good point i always say to our students <clears throat> when we're in session how do you get off your bike you know do you wait until you're stopped to swing your leg over and, and step down? No, because if you do that, you're falling at the same time. Right. While you're still rolling, while you're, you're slowing down, of course, not at full speed, but while you're slowing down and coming to your stop and applying your brakes is when you start swinging your leg over so that you still have balance to complete the ride. And it's so similar in surfing that you don't wait until the wave has completely petered out into nothingness and you're standing there on a motionless surfboard then you won't have the balance to do your dismount or kick out or whatever it is you're doing or straightening out. You know, it's, it's, you're going to be dead in the water. So connect your, your finish to your ride and, and leave a little meat on the bones because it really isn't all that much left in most cases, yeah. you know, and, and that's the beginner pitfall, you know, is just like, oh, there's more ride, there's more ride. And they just want to keep riding the wave, but there really isn't at the end. There's like just, a, a very rapid decline of speed that you're just going to continue standing there for and then clumsily fall off. So rather tip the board over, lean that rail into the water and try or turn over the shoulder when you still have some speed and train yourself to kick out. Right. You need that tiny bit of speed to do whatever you're going to do, whether it be turning out or kicking out or even straightening out. If you wait too long, we see it happen all the time. Like they're trying to turn turn the board but they're going too slow and getting into our next foot placement but that that speed helps you to go from on the face to to bridging that 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 trough area you know mm. if you're going really slow it's just like it's inevitable you're gonna bog the rail and go down but um let's move right into the the whole foot placement because that's one of the biggest pitfalls that we see with beginners too is just like they don't really know how to shift their weight back and move their feet at all. So this is a this is a good opportunity to figure out how to keep your front foot planted and get your your back foot on that sliding scale where you go over the fin for control and you move it forward for you know displacement and trim. Mm. Yeah, the it, you know, one thing we didn't actually touch on, but you see it in every in every case when we're riding center of the board is before the kick out is the, the transition to the tail. And again, you know, these points are hand in hand, timing and foot placement, because you need that time to change your foot placement. You can't wait until the closeout is upon you to decide, oh, I need to move my feet and then I need to turn my board over the way. It, it all happens so fast, as everyone always says, when you don't right. see it coming like that. So. Keeping your eyes up and seeing down the line is key because the, as in our next point, so you can change your foot placement and get that tail pressure to engage, you know, your rail from the back of the board and not just tip your board over from the middle of the board because that seems to be the thing, isn't it? Like uh, beginners take off on waves and they jump up or they stand up and they, they land center of the board and they just hold the trim line to the end and then try to just lean over when that's not going to work as well as, um, you know, shifting weight back to the tail. But, you know, the way, uh, as far as how to, for me, I feel like just a shift in approach to the thought of how 
you do this is instead of moving yourself back on the board, I like to think of it as more as sliding the board under you with your front foot. So imagine your two feet planted on the board, front foot center, back foot, further back of course, but still forward of the tail. When you lift your, you have to put weight on your front foot extra to get your back foot lighter so that you can move it. You know, if, yeah. if both feet are still holding 50% of your weight each, then you, that's when you feel like you're locked in concrete. You can't move your back foot. You gotta lean a little forward on your front foot to lighten your back foot. And then in doing that, the front foot more so in my mind pushes the board forward as your back foot is light and coming off the board and then landing on the tail. Mm -hmm. You know, and that like front foot pushing the board forward with almost all your weight on it, it is all your weight on it momentarily, um, allows you to move your back foot back. So I just feel like just shifting the thought of like, instead of saying move your back foot back, slide the board forward with your front foot. You know what yeah. I mean? Just, and it, it's a moment. You're not balancing on your one foot standing there like, whoa, whoa, coaches told me to stand on my front foot. Yeah. But uh, you know, for a moment, just like when you run, there's a moment that you could pause and see yourself airborne. When yeah. you're stepping back on your surfboard to find the tail, there's a moment where all your weight's on your front foot and you're sliding the board forward and then your back foot lands again. And now your stance is a little wider with more weight on your tail because once you land that back foot, your, your weight's 50-50 again. Or you know maybe you lean more on the back foot, but you just, you'll have that control to lean further on the tail and change the trim of your board when your back foot's further back. Yeah, that's the perfect opportunity to start like really feeling your rails and really starting to to mess around with you know we talk about it a lot like at first it'll be a very tentative rail set and barely waiting the the tail and you just kind of slowly put the board on rail and just kind of rise up and and over the wave and then as you get more comfortable and you figure out that timing and and what coach was just breaking down then you can really start more aggressively sliding the board in front of you stomping on the tail at the same time and really getting the board to kind of wheelie out and go on rail at the same time and and feel that you know, it's like the beginning of learning how to turn your board, you know, but right. it's, it's a pretty safe time to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a really good side point there is like, you know, for the most part, when people ask about cutbacks and any kind of turns that they want to learn, unless they have a really great kick out, I don't really want to talk about it because the first turn you need to learn is how to turn off of a wave. Yep. Or, or straighten out, you know, those, or straighten those out, two right, things. Right. Gotta, yeah, gotta I always forget that. I always forget that, but that's, that's totally valid, is like that decision to see in the wave, like I missed my opportunity, the lip's already cresting or pitching, you know, you're not getting over that lip. So straightening out away from it, you, again, using the speed you have from riding the wave to veer away from your wave, straighten out towards the beach and be in an orientation to the wave that the blast doesn't knock you off your board but just pushes you further in while riding to a place where eventually you can dismount because you're, you're moving slow enough. Right, and beginners are gonna get that opportunity more often than the actual right. turning out of the wave. Right. And a lot of the times you're not at like a perfect little point break. So you drop in, you get close, you know, the, the wave's gonna close out and that's your opportunity to start, you know, seeing it happen, seeing it all come together, getting that, that front, 
foot forward and pushing the board away from you and getting on the tail and looking towards the beach and making a, a real effort to get that board straightened out towards the beach and not just barely you know turning towards the beach where you get sideswiped by the white water and and taken out and, and fall in a big heap you know like watch watch the the good surfers the good longboarders how much weight they get on the back foot so that they can control that kind of turbulent first hit from the white water you do have to be you have to be pretty heavy back footed to control the board uh in that situation right right and and last point of all you know i just love this word it's it's so hand in hand with the name of our brand the surf continuum is continuity and it is, it's one and the same for us. Why we call it the surf continuum is because in our idea, a good surfer isn't somebody doing flashy maneuvers on the wave or, or you know, just catching your eye from the beach on the wave. Well, they are a good surfer, but for reasons you're not seeing is the continuity in their surfing. Their kick out that lends it right into your paddle back out or your dismount that lends right into your sitting turn and pointing back out and dealing with the next wave. But staying in control, staying in a position where you're always doing the next step, the continuity it's coming from, and, and the kick out is just such a big link in that, that loop. Absolutely, the whole continuity and, and like, you know, again, like Coach said, at first it's just gonna be straightening out towards the beach and, and just controlling. Like, if you're doing that, again, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be doing the damn thing better than the majority of the people in the lineup. There's just, right. it's super rare. So this is like, this is your, your tried and true way to actually be a better, you know, to be a better surfer right away is start focusing on control towards the end of your wave and then start piecing it together with using that momentum to carry you out the back and go straight into either, you know, the sitting turn where you sit for a second, one swipe, you're pointed in the direction you want to go, you go right into your cork and you, you're just, you're, you're flowing with it to the kick out that we really love, which is kind of like, you know, flying out the back, getting in, in the air, basically getting into the, the press up position and then sliding down the back of the wave and really continuing that momentum where you're never straining to get your speed back up. You just continue that loop um, and you, you never break the cycle. Yeah, I love this little note you added to our notes. Uh, easiest way to look like a pro or a total kook beginner. <laughs> totally, it's like the biggest, like catches your eye so much is either that controlled finish or the big old flop. It's like such a distinguishing difference between a good surfer and a bad surfer. It's such a great way, you said this, but it's such a great way to up your game in just one simple maneuver, like really focus on how do you finish your waves. Yeah, big props to you, coach. I know that you, you really started, you know, impressing this on our students, like that, that the control of the board, especially at the end, you know, it really, um, it really spread like wildfire, you know. In our, in our local little spots that we're teaching. And, uh, you know, now luckily a lot more students are coming to us like, okay, this is what I really want to learn because I know this, this is what is so important to you guys and so important to this whole etiquette, safety, style, 
that 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 feeling of being in control is just like it it just feels so good. Yeah, well, right back at you because you were the one who made it look so goddamn good. You know, the way you would just fly full speed through the air off of your waves, get off of waves that, you know, I would have kept surfing and it just really sh like it was it was it was obvious. It was like, wow, that's that's important, you know, like you need to be finishing waves and look how early he's doing it like even leaving some more wave left just to make sure he's getting off that wave clean and clear. Yeah, it's important. Right on, peeps. Well, thanks for tuning in. Definitely go and check out the member uh, the member video because there's some really good clips of all these different styles of kickouts and and dismounts. And uh, see you next week. You. Yeah. Yeah.